Hi, and welcome to this audio edition of Polygamy, What Love Is This? with host Doris Hansen. On this program, we discuss polygamy and Mormon fundamentalism from a biblical Christian perspective. We talk about the history of polygamy, its modern-day fruit, share stories from people who have escaped polygamy, and talk about current events relating to polygamy. You can learn more about the video edition of this program at whatloveisthis.tv. And now, here's Doris. Welcome to our show tonight. I am your host, Doris Hansen, and this is Polygamy, What Love Is This? And we're grateful that you've decided to share some of your time with us. Before we get started on the show tonight, I have one announcement <clears throat> to make, and that is that the second annual Good News Celebration is going to be taking place on Saturday, September 14th, from 10 a.m. until 6 p.m. at Payson Memorial Park. There's going to be fun and food and music, and speakers are planned, and it's all free, and it's family-oriented. And you can go to the website goodnewscelebration.com for more information. Um, and I've been privileged to be invited to be a guest speaker. Uh, and I'll be talking at 2 p.m. that day. And so we do hope to see many old friends there and also make some new friends and see some people that we haven't seen for a long time. So we invite you to come to Payson Memorial Park uh, all day Saturday, September 14th. And we hope to see you there. You know, we um, invite people to come on our show as guests, um, and uh, we do prefer to have people from polygamy groups who can come and talk and discuss what they experienced growing up in a polygamy group. And it's kind of, kind of difficult sometimes uh, to get people who, who have the courage to come and tell their story. Um, if you are from a polygamy group and you'd like to tell your story, contact me, leave your name and number, and I'll be happy to call you back. But we just want you to know that it takes courage for those to come. And we're privileged and excited tonight to have as our guest another young lady from the Kingston Polygamy Group. She was born and raised in a polygamous family in that group. She was married when she was 16 years old. And after a year and a half, she walked away from it. And she tried to bring her husband out with her, but he chose the religion over her because he was afraid of damnation. And so she left and started a life on her own. So we'll talk about her story tonight. I would like to introduce and welcome our guest tonight, uh, Colleen Snow. Thank you, Colleen, Hi. for coming. You're welcome. And it is, it takes courage to talk about what we've been through. It took me years before I'd be able to talk about it. So you're doing a lot better than I was doing. Your <laughs> recovery seems to be faster. So let's talk about uh, what it was like. I was born and raised in the Kingston Group as well, of course, many years ago. And for the first few years of, of my life, polygamy was kept secret. My mother was a second wife. And I didn't know anything about it until I was about 10 years old is when I discovered uh, about polygamy, that that's what my family was involved in. And I don't remember really comprehending. It was so difficult to understand. The only thing I knew was I had been lied to about who my father was about who my dad was. So when did you first learn about polygamy? How old were you and how did it affect you when you found out? Um, I don't exactly know how old I was, but they always, t we, I knew who my dad was. Oh, did you? Mm -hmm. But we weren't allowed to call him dad, we had to call him by name. Uh huh. And I think the reason why I knew was because um, okay. they kind of told us to lie if any, so we would know what to say if people asked us. Uh huh. And we, we weren't supposed to like publicly, publicly have him be our father. Right. So you called him by his first name? Is that what you uh, did? Middle name. Really? Mm-hmm. 
Okay, and and we called uh, we called ours. The the first family got to call him Daddy and Dad, mm -hmm. but we had to call him by his first name. So, um, when you when you were you just knew it all your life then that you were in a polygamy group. Did were you taught that it was a, a must in order to be in the group to go to heaven to please God? Is that what um, taught you? To, there were three um, levels of heaven, basically, mm -hmm. and we were taught that you, if you wanted to go to the highest level, the celestial, then you would have to live polygamy, and then you and your family and your wife or whatever could go there, uh -huh. and that's basically a ticket in. And then everyone else, that, well, I had, had a problem with that. I'm like, well, I don't want to live that. It's crazy. <laughs> I didn't either. <laughs> and so then they said, well, if you don't live it, then you'll just go to the second level, the celestial. And then everyone else will go to the lowest level of heaven. But the polygamists are the best. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're the best. Um, we weren't taught that. We were taught that if we rejected polygamy, we would end up in the lake of fire, hell and brimstone. There's a section in the Doctrine and Covenant, and I'm sure we all know it. But <laughs> yeah. um, I was told that if you read it and you don't live polygamy, then you're damning yourself. Yeah, if you know about it mm -hmm. and reject it, then you, you're in for damnation. Yeah. You will be condemned. But the ultimate goal is to get all of us to the celestial kingdom because we are the kingdom of, our, kingdom of God upon the earth. The kingdom of God on the earth. And, and they, did, were you raised with the idea, the mentality that you were special because you're in a polygamy group and not everybody in the world has the opportunity to know this great uh, pleasure of being in God's kingdom and practicing this eternal uh, plural marriage? Um, I used to feel kind of special, but then um, we started, my mom took us to outside schools, and I started kind of getting a little bit of outsiders rubbing off on me, you know, so I could see pers different perspectives, and mm -hmm. and I just felt, th no, I mean, in the group, everyone called me the devil child, so I didn't really feel that <laughs> special. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> Do you recognize at this point that you were brainwashed. Oh yeah, uh, and that the people are still in the group are brainwashed. Oh yeah, you, when you're in, when you're brainwashed, you don't know you are, and you have to get out of it, and then from the outside looking in to recognize that. How long did it take you? You're not brainwashed anymore. How long did it take you, or are you still recovering? Um, of course, there are a few things I'm still trying to get over, and every now and then I, like, I realize, oh well, I was lied to about that. Yeah, and but my, I would say other than childhood, because children are so easy to brainwash, then um, I got sent back, because I ran away when I was 15, and I got sent back to my aunt's house, mm -hmm. and I would say I was brainwashed through that entire time, and then mm -hmm. I got married off, mm -hmm. so I wouldn't run away. Wow. Wow. You ran away when you were 16? 15. 15. Well, then why I, did you run away? Do you mind if I ask? Because I, I sent my mom an entire list, like, of reasons why I ran away. It was because, um, I can say a few things. It was because of the incest, the abuse, the control, and I felt like women, there was no respect for women, and it was just, it was really painful mm -hmm. to be abused every day. Now, there would be men inside the Kingston group that would deny and say that you're lying about everything that you just said. In fact, I get an email from a particular person there who denies that those things are actually going on. Um, they're just trying to protect themselves so they can keep doing what they're doing. They Obviously, they don't want to get um, 
in prison for for the faults that they're doing, you know? Mm -hmm. For the illegal activities. Yeah. That so they're, they're just doing. trying to lie and hide, and we're raised to lie. We're the biggest liars ever. But yeah. just, oh, oh yeah. it's okay to lie if you're protecting your family. Uh huh. You know, I was raised that too, taught about lying for the Lord. In fact, I wanted to talk about that later, but we're talking about it now, so we'll do. Um, we all were taught to lie for the Lord. We had to, God had to be protected. His kingdom on this planet had to be protected. And that never occurred to me at all at that time until later that God, he's God Almighty. He doesn't need protection. He needs to protect us. We don't need to protect him. <laughs> we don't need to protect his kingdom. So it's kind of a strange thing that they would say that because it isn't true. Uh, what circumstances surrounded your decision to leave? You, you were married off at 16. Tell us as much about that story as it you as you want feel comfortable about doing. Um, I was I got married to my second cousin um, a month after I turned sixteen. Wow! And how old was he? He was twenty one. I got my mom's parental consent. It was a legal marriage, and I went and lived with him in his mom's backyard in a trailer. And you can imagine. Mm hmm. Um, I I love their family and I love them and everyone but it's got really stressful because I wasn't allowed to go anywhere he was very controlling I wasn't allowed to do anything um, I wasn't allowed to work anywhere except if it was on the farm which is where we lived mm -hmm. and I couldn't have friends mm -hmm. and w I told him I wanted to start going to school and he told me I couldn't go to school or get a job because he was afraid people would hit on me which is bogus <laughs> because <laughs> it's it I don't know. I, 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 ran, I ran Avon for a while, like I was a representative, uh -huh. and he took everything I made from that, and I just I had nothing. Just took your money. I yeah. just had my, my dog. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the way it works. So was your husband chosen for you? Did you, did you have any say in who you were going to marry? Was it a choice that they made, or did you make? Um, kind of yes and no, because, well, that's a whole different story, and I don't really want to get into it. Okay. But mm -hmm. it, you have choices and you have to choose one of those choices so they present you their choices your choices and and then of course you have to get direction from the from the Lord uh-huh yeah yeah but. okay um, so you have a say you had a say in who you would marry but only within a certain the parameters that mm -hmm. you and he wasn't a polygamist it was your first marriage yeah I was I was his first yeah and um, his dad actually told him to divorce me throughout the end ending of it when I was trying to leave the community um, he told me that, and so it just was really hard for me. And he was, of course, his daddy's boy and his mama's boy, and he's like the first son of the first wife. Oh, so wow. he yeah. had to do like what they wanted. Uh -huh. and yeah. You you said that um, that he, you tried to get him to come with you when when what what made you decide to finally leave? Was it did you really real believe now that that this was wrong, it was the wrong thing to do, or did you just not like it and decide to leave? Well, I left the community before I left him, but the, my whole life I wanted to leave because... Well, you ran away at 15. Yeah, there's too much, like I was abused, my first memory, and the man who abused me was my father, one of the men in power, so I just kind of always been rebellious ever since, I guess, because... 
I've always wanted to leave. And we always talk about abuse on the show. We always like to talk about abuse, not because it's a fun thing to talk about, <laughs> but because our viewers need to know what's going on inside polygamy groups. When we've got people trying to, to push polygamy as being an alternative, viable, wonderful lifestyle, and it really isn't because children born and raised in polygamy do go through abuse. Do you want to talk about your abuse? Um, not so much, but I can, I can tell my first memory. Okay. Um, was it physical abuse? Is that what it was? <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I remember it. I was about three years old. But it was my first one, so and it kind of stuck for a while. Uh huh. But I just remember I was feeling sick, and um, Father Man, I don't call him Dad. Father Man was there, and but he comes over. You know, it was my mom's night, but it was the next morning, so I was feeling sick, and my mom just got me some oats to make me feel better. So I sat up to the table and. Everyone was up to the table and we were just sitting there and I was just looking at my oats and then he he told me to eat my oats and I'm like feeling really sick so I reach for it and I'm really slow but so then I put it in my mouth and then he's he freaked out like I wasn't going fast enough or something so he grabbed the spoon and filled it up and held my face and started shoving oh it down my, my throat. Goodness. So then at this point, I started throwing up. So he held my head over the oats and was throwing up in there. He's yelling at me, I told you to eat it, eat it. And so he tries to put vomit and oats in my mouth. Oh my goodness. And I wouldn't eat it because it was vomit. So I was like trying to get away. And so he was slapping me, of course, and I started bleeding. And he put the, he started, he put me over the oats and he started trying to feed me vomit, blood, and oats and milk. Oh, and goodness. I'm a three. Three years old. I got blood on his sleeve and then at that point he stopped trying to feed me and he just started beating the crap out of me. And then um, I think my sister, like you, my sister rescued me, that's all I remember. <laughs> She got my Did mom in Did she get there. in trouble for rescuing you, or is it okay? Um, she, I think, I don't know exactly what happened. I was so young. But yeah. I know that she went and told on him. <laughs> yeah. And then mom was mad. Yeah, good, good. I'm, so, glad, yeah. I'm glad your mother protected you and tried to protect you. Not really, you. no. She just, he just stopped. My mom always just stood there and let him do what he wanted to. And you know, I've heard that from other people, too, that the women are really afraid to intervene because of their fear of his anger. Um, did you have incidents like that with your father all the while you were growing up? Did oh, your yeah. other brothers and sisters have that yeah. same kind of problem? It was, it was different, but, um, I mean, I remember watching him get beat up a lot, and it was hard to watch him. But, um, I remember he held my little brother by his hair, lift him off the ground, and was slapping him in the air for running behind a TV because he was chasing a mouse on a farm. Hmm. <laughs> we had this farm we'd go on some summer times, whatever, and the family would get together and there was, it was all in this one house and there was just kids watching a movie and, and there was a mouse in the house. He was chasing it and he picked him up, because he went behind the TV, picked yeah. him up by his head and 
just started wow. beating him. Sounds like he has just a, a, that's the big a one and throwing him in the wall and all that. Yeah. Um, we better change the subject. Yeah, let's so change that's the subject. A little tough. <laughs> a little tough to handle. How many wives does your father have, and how many children, or how many, ch yeah, children does he have? How many siblings? You've um, got? He has fourteen wives, and I last time I checked, I think he has over one hundred and eighty brothers, and or I have over one hundred and eighty brothers and sisters. But I don't know. It's been a while since I actually got to know what's going on. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> 180 brothers and sisters. Yeah. Do you have birthday parties? Uh, oh, <laughs> I mean, we have a, kind of a hard once a month. They're called Daniel family dinners. <laughs> and oh, <laughs> and that covers all of the of what's ever going oh, on. Oh yeah, the we, they like they have these birthday presents that you get at certain ages and you know there's like buy you get a bible at eight or and you get get a locket with his picture in it and oh, with you his get, picture yeah <laughs> you get like a bookmark and talking about how you're his you're his little girl and he's yeah. gonna marry you off someday oh wow that's that's the main thing isn't it yeah did you did, did would you say you had good relationship with your mother with your siblings with maybe your grandparents were there pretty good relations loving relationships um I, not so much, no. No. And with my siblings, yeah. But of course, we raised each other. We raised each other, and yeah, we had sibling rivalry. But they are always and always will be my family. Yeah. And we are. We love each other a lot. And when you left, did was there some love that's been withheld from you because you left, or or have they continued? Your mother and your children, your brothers and sisters, continue to well to love you. My I wasn't allowed to come over. After I first left, and I just kind of forced my way in there, and I'm like, screw you, I'm still gonna be a part of their lives. They're they're my siblings. Uh huh. And yeah, I I guess like my mom and I, we we fought a lot, and I have a lot of resentment towards her, but I still love her and mm -hmm. all that. But yeah. I just feel like she w didn't know what love was, so she didn't know how to express it. Exactly. Exactly, and that's the way I feel. I I received no. No affirmation of love at all when I was growing up, and I don't. I think it's because she didn't. However, I do know her. Her mom and dad loved her, yeah, and expressed love the, more than she. We did. weren't allowed to. Daniel doesn't like my mom's parents. My grandparents always. It was always awesome going to their house, and we loved them, and it was just so awesome, and yeah, it was just an adventure. And then we had to stop going because Daniel didn't want. My mom to take that, us there. That's not a good why. name in the group. And I might add here that that we are related. Your mother is my cousin, and that name in the group is not a good name. It's a low class name to them in the group. So, so I can understand what you're saying. Yeah. Here. <laughs> so uh, what what about your grandparents? They did they uh, express love to you? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I didn't hardly see them, but every time we did, we gave we we. Definitely had bonding moments, mm -hmm, good. and uh, we always—they always let me know that they loved me and that they'll That's always good. be there for me. That's awesome. And my mother's parents did the same to me too. The other side of the family, they didn't, but but well, my mother's family did. I knew my grandparents loved me. I did know that, but I didn't get it from my own family. Um, and I, we talked about the abuse, uh, and it, it is important. Virtually every person that I talk to from polygamy, whether it's the Kingston group or another group have uh, suffered, experienced some kind of abuse. Um, 
and it just happens in the polygamy environment more than it does. They make the excuse, well, it happens in every home. Well, that's no excuse <laughs> besides that. If they're the kingdom of God, it shouldn't be happening with them if that's who they are. But Jesus said this kingdom's not of this world, so they can't be. Um, but now, I think part of growing up in a polygamy group is that we experience and are expected to experience extreme poverty and extreme self-sacrifice uh, in, in just everything, materialism and everything else, for the greatest good of the group, which they do call the kingdom of God. There are virtually two choices, live as a faithful member or be damned. <laughs> Basically, you said that your husband didn't want to leave because he was afraid of damnation. Obviously, that threat is always there. What what other threats did they give you or, or threaten you with if you left? Um, you're better off dead. You're worse than the outsiders. Um, <laughs> now that you're on the outside, are the outsiders that bad? Oh, they've shown me more love than I've ever had in the order. So, yeah. no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. And I just decided God is love. He's not. He's not hate. He's not fear. He's not depressing. That's the he's greatest loving. thing I discovered. It took yeah. me years to discover that after I left, but that's the greatest thing I discovered is that he loved me. And I've been told all my life how much he hated me. Yeah. But I found out that he is love. And God says that in the Bible. Thanks to the sister wives and other pro-polygamists, they're blurring the lines between what's acceptable in marriage and, the, and including the polygamy situation with polygamy. The rhetoric is that consenting adults should be able to consent to whatever kind of a marriage, whoever or whatever they want to marry, or how many of them they want to marry, <laughs> kind of, kind of thinking that. But you, would would you explain? You've been there. You've experienced some of this. Why, explain why the term consenting adults is uh, a lie in the polygamous environment? Because they have secret weddings. You have, you take a fourteen-year-old and. Or, and or 15 year old and you take them off until wait till they're 16 so no other people come to them and you, they the people the men that come forward say oh I want to marry this girl and they're like oh she's already been taken or whatever she's already promised to someone else and then like they go off and have this secret wedding next thing you know there's a 16 year old with a pregnant belly and well wow. and they're like who's her husband who's, mm -hmm. <laughs> wow I mean of course uh, lately because of that whole consenting adult things they've they've kind of waited till 18 but mm -hmm. it's not really i wouldn't say it's consenting if you're having secret weddings but don't aren't they now i understand this is what i've heard that they that they are uh, actually betrothing some when they're still young like that only they just don't allow them to get pregnant before yeah or, or sleep together or whatever before so that they won't get pregnant and then get in trouble but they actually are doing that betrothing and promising them at a young age. Um, I don't know much about that, but I can see them not letting their kid go off anywhere else and saying, oh, she's been promised, mm -hmm. basically. But mm -hmm. I haven't heard that. It's new, I've been out for almost three years, so. <laughs> hmm. Okay, okay. Do you have a birth certificate? I do have a birth certificate. Did you get it when you were born? Did they give it to you uh, when you were born? Yeah, a few, a few months after I was born. A few months. Mm -hmm. And what is the father's name on the birth certificate? It's blank. It's blank? It's blank. <laughs> my okay. mom just magically had me. <laughs> oh, dear. My older sisters have, have a, my older sister and my older brother and I think my other older sisters, they have a fake name called, his name is Stephen Snow. And my mom 
just stop putting a fake name on there after the rest of us. And I was the fifth kid out of 12. So, so how many of them don't have a name on there? Um, I don't know if I was the first one or not, but at least um, eight don't have wow. a name. Wow. So do they realize that for the ones who do have a fake father, it's a fictional father, he doesn't even exist, <laughs> right? They just make up a name and they make up a, a story about him and, and that's your father. That's why it shocked me so much when I discovered uh, that everything I've been told about my father was a lie. He didn't exist. My, oh, yeah. The one they had told me about. I remember that. But, but they, they, it's against the law to it's falsifying to falsify a, a legal document and that's what they're all doing. Well, did you know when you were growing up in polygamy that polygamy was against the law? No idea. I thought we were above the law. <laughs> and that it was okay? Oh, yeah. We're God's people. Everything's okay that we do. Did you know that incest was against the law? I didn't even know what incest was. <laughs> did, did, and, there, and the Kingston group is still doing the inbreeding and oh, the incest. And they're getting worse. They're, they're marrying sisters to other brothers. Full sisters and full brothers? Not full brothers. Just half brother from another mother. Half sisters and same father, different mothers. Mm -hmm. And they're doing that in the same rate that they've always done it. Um, I think it's gotten worse lately. They're running out of blood, good blood. Are they running out of girls? Yeah, could be that too. What are they doing when they, they when, in a polygamy society, there's never enough women to go around. What's going on with, with, do they have lost boys like Warren Jeff? Do they kick the boys out or do they call them drones? What do they do with them? That is a good question. I, I think that they just, they tell them to fast and pray and God will help them. And they're doing that for years and years and years and years. And I think they're just stagnant. They're just there. They're and the not, boys stay and put a, and yeah, stick around? They're just so, I don't know. Brainwashed. I, I guess, yeah, brainwashed. I don't know why they're still there. I mean, I would have left a long time ago if I was them. Especially because, like, they've been turned down so many different times going forward for other girls in marriage. And what are you mm -hmm. going to do? There's no other mm -hmm. woman there for you. You're mm -hmm. just going to marry... Your, your next possible wife is somebody that's 20 years younger than you. Yeah. And yet these older men are still taking younger brides? Mm, I don't know. You don't I, I kind of... They were when you were still in there? Some of them, yeah, actually. What, my, one of my best friends, Nicole's sister, Nicole was on before. She, she did. Um, I understand that the Kingston Group has what they call marriage preparation classes. Mm -hmm. Are you familiar with that? Yeah, but I, I ditched Sunday school a lot, so I went to one of those classes. <laughs> is, is that when they did it was during Sunday school? Mm-hmm. Were you were supposed to go? I mean, was it like a requirement? Yeah, but I didn't start going until after I was married. And after I was married, I was basically my own boss other than my <laughs> husband. So that was nice. Because I've <laughs> talked to, we had a couple of girls from the Kingston group on a, couple, a month or so ago. And they talked about start, being required to attend the class when they were like, um, yeah. you know, young, 12, 14 years old. Um, and then I heard a reply back that the marriage preparation classes are for people after they're married, not before and that, that the, the young girls do not, are not required to go. My question is, if they're called marriage preparation classes, why would you wait till after you're married to go to them? So that you know how to properly act, I guess. So is, is it before or after marriage? It's that both. 
I mean, I went after, but I only went once, and I've seen little girls in there, 14 year olds, and their mom's like, oh, I think, I think it's about time to start letting you go because, yeah. because Boys you start do. like asking about who you're supposed to marry and. So were, were they like girls, were they segregated girls and boys or did I they go to the same class? I saw girls mostly. No, we, they separated boys okay. and girls. Yeah. Do you know what they taught? What kind of things they taught in the class? They taught basically you need to be submissive and you need to do, you need to please your husband. That is what you're there for. You need to make sure that everything is just awesome in the house. Everything's put together, you know, but I kind of, I thought it was a lot of it was a load of crap. So I just walked out. And so. you never went back? No, I never walked Boy, they were hard to brainwash you, weren't yeah, they? Yeah, <laughs> I've, I've been rebellious and fighting the system ever since the beginning. <laughs> um, so your experience that women and children in a polygamy group are of less value? They're valued less than second-class citizens? Yeah, I mean, they tell us women are precious gems, but actions speak louder than words. So, mm -hmm. that's for sure. Well, we, it's time to break. Um, this is uh, halfway through the show, so we open up our telephone lines, and we do invite our callers, our viewers to call in and ask questions or make comments. If you have a question that you would like to ask me or our guests, we'd love to hear from you. Our phone number is 801-973-8820-973-TV20. Give us a call, and uh, as we wait for the phone calls to come in, we do have our message to share with you. You are watching Polygamy, What Love Is This? Broadcasting live from Salt Lake City, Utah. This program is the broadcast outreach of A Shield and Refuge Ministry. Shield and Refuge is a point of first contact for Mormon fundamentalists who question the doctrines of the religion or who are actively seeking for an opportunity to escape the polygamist lifestyle. Examining the claims of fundamentalist doctrine against the backdrop of biblical truth is central to our efforts. We invite you to contact us. Call toll-free at 877-425-9993 or email us at tv at We want you to know that we have made available to you some outstanding resources free of charge. You will find them at our website, www.whatloveisthis.tv. There you will find the DVD, Lifting the Veil of Polygamy, which documents the real-life stories told firsthand of those who were lifted out of the culture of polygamy through the power and love of Jesus Christ. Also, free of charge to you is the booklet, Is Polygamy Biblical? It explores plural marriage in the context of God's Word and answers questions like, Did God ever command polygamy? Is it part of God's plan? While you are at our website, make sure to take advantage of the archived episodes of this program, which can stream on demand directly to your computer. There are more than 100 shows to choose from. And if someone you know is unable to view this program via live broadcast, recommend that they visit this same website every Thursday at 8 p.m. Mountain Time to watch this show through live streaming video. Simply follow the links to the live streaming video page. If you are watching live tonight, we invite you to call us as we open our phone lines. The number is 801-973-TV20. That's 801-973-8820. Now, back to Polygamy, What Love Is This? with our host, Doris Hansen. 
Welcome back to our show tonight. This is Polygamy What Love Is This, and I am your host, Doris Hansen, and we've been interviewing um, Colleen Snow. She is um, a former member of the Kingston Polygamy Group with a, a story to tell that breaks our hearts, and, and we're glad to hear that she's not brainwashed anymore and that she has left the group and is making a life for herself outside the group. She made the remark, which I love what you just said, that we are taught when we're raised in polygamy that all of the people that live on the outside of the group are awful people to be afraid of them. They're wicked. And, and, and she made the remark that once she got out, she found more love than she ever found inside the group. And I would have to say that I agree that that is absolutely the truth, that people on the outside of the polygamy <laughs> groups are not evil terrible people. There's evil in, in the entire world, certainly, but there's also a lot of love out there. Um, our phone lines are open if you want to call in and ask questions either to myself or Colleen. Uh, the number is 801-973-8820. Uh, Colleen, did your father treat one wife better than the other wives, and do the, his wives and children know who the favorite wife is? Um, I would definitely say my mom wasn't one of his favorites. <laughs> <laughs> she was she was the middle wife, so she was picked on. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but um, I I just like the first two or three wives, or are kind of royalty is kind of the perspective I got. But I knew for sure the first one was. But um, I don't know. I I knew that my mom wasn't a favorite wife. I didn't know exactly which ones were. I knew what ones he kind of liked more. Yeah. But <laughs> okay. Okay, because generally you can tell. I mean, mm. not always, but generally you can tell. Well, we were we were getting babysat at um, one of the other wives' house houses once, and sh this was kind of a turning point in why I didn't like polygamy. Um, Daniel happened to show up, and he started kissing on her and hugging her, and in front of all of us, and we're not even this wife's kid. And this guy's supposed to like my mom. Why is he liking this mom? Mm. So I was like, totally, like, that stopped me and that had my way of thinking, like, what is my mom to him? And I didn't feel like my mom was special wow. anymore. Yeah. And How old were you at that time? Did you, uh, I old enough to understand? Old enough to kind of remember, yeah. yeah. I don't remember exactly how old I was, but. Wow. It just kind of makes me, makes my, made my heart ache thinking of. My mom's not special. And, that, and so that would have followed you even into, had you been invited into a polygamous marriage, which you got out before that happened, mm -hmm. then you would have had that memory always that the yeah. husband is out there loving on some other woman. Yeah. That isn't <laughs> right. I don't care how they say it. It isn't right. Yeah. And even in front of and the kids. The kids that don't even know. <laughs> yeah. Um, there was a plural wife from the Kingston group one time. Uh, she said that a husband, and this was in response to a man who had disciplined one of his wives. And she responded by saying that a plural wife has, the husband has the right to discipline his wives if they need it, right along with disciplining the children. Are you familiar with wife abuse to that respect? I've heard that, but... Um, I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it with my mom. I've always heard yelling in the other room and all that, and he's always kind of disciplined the kids. But I think he's kind of afraid to hurt my mom because of my uncles. They threatened good. him. <laughs> good deal. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right, my we've good got good uncles. <laughs> good uncles. 
we have a couple of phone calls coming in, so we're going to answer them. We have online uh, too. We have Sandra calling from Salt Lake City. Hello, Sandra. Hello. Yes, you're on the air. Hi. Hi. I have a question. I wanted to know if the televised TV show Sister Wives has affected the Kingston group at all. If they what? The televised TV show with the Sister Wives has affected the Kingston group at all? Uh, I would say yeah. They've definitely kind of been a little bit more conservative and careful and they've built a junior high and they've got a high school system going. They don't try, they try and keep their kids and their people. Don't mingle. Outside friends are outside friends. Don't, don't go outside. You gotta stay in your community. <laughs> oh, I didn't know that. I didn't know the outsiders were so bad. Yes, no, they are. They're horrible people. <laughs> Just kidding. Oh, that's all right, thank you. All the, all the polygamy groups teach that. Warren Jeffs has taught that to, to all of his people. The Kingstons have always taught that. Oh, yeah. uh, I'm, not, I, I'm not sure how dogmatic the All Red group is with that, but I know that they certainly um, don't want people to associate. Of course, they'll find out the truth if they associate with outsiders, and that's their biggest yes. fear. All right, we have Beth calling from Salt Lake City on line three. Hello, Beth. Beth? Hello, Beth. Hi, I've got a question about the sister wives, but you just answered it, so I have another question. Okay. I wanted to ask your guest um, why, she, what, what she thinks keeps all the wives there, uh, why more of them don't leave and see what's really happening for their children. Well, we have this thing we kind of, we call statements, or it's like script. They, they have all your money. So you have like nothing, and then you have all these kids, and they have your money. How are you going to leave? You don't want to leave your kids. You're stuck there with your kids, and you can't really leave because you have no money. If that makes sense. So, so they have you bound there. They have you chained there, but various ways without the chains themselves. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Does that answer your question, Beth? It, it does. Um, now there are groups that help you get out, right? Yeah. The the this min the the Shield and Refuge Ministry, which is what I'm part of, does help people get out. We offer to help people get out. We will help them escape. We'll go get them. We'll hide them. We'll supply a, a home for them to live in. There are people now. Now, when I left many many years ago, there was nobody to help anybody. But now there are several. Uh, places where people can go to get help. So if anybody's in a polygamy group and is watching this show tonight, give us a call. We'll help you get out. We'll help you run. And we've then if we wanted to help them, we would just get a hold of you as well, right? You could do that if you wanted to. Yes, you can call and leave your leave the with your operator your um, name and telephone number and why you know a, a note there so I'll know why to call you back. But you, you bet you. All right. Okay. Thank you. Okay, well, thank you, and congratulations for getting out. You have a good life, okay? Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Okay, we have Michael calling from American Fork. Hello, Michael. Yes. Yes, you're on the air. Hi, how are you? I am just doing fine, thank you. <laughs> what can, what answer, what question can I answer? Hello? Michael? Well... He gone. He must have <laughs> got scared. <laughs> okay, sorry, Michael. I couldn't answer a question you didn't ask. Um, so, um, what about the plural wives that, that 
and the, one of our callers just kind of talked about this, that maybe want to get out, they're afraid to leave. What holds them in? I, besides the money and the children, is there the threat? Do you think the spiritual threat of damnation? Uh, do you think the threat of, of losing family and friendships is also part of the reason that they won't leave? Yeah. Um, for my for my mom, I mean, there's been people offering her help multiple, multiple times, and I don't know where she stands anymore, and I just come to the conclusion that she is completely lost in there. She doesn't know what she wants. She's hmm. scared. She doesn't, she's, she's, she wants to help herself, but she needs to know that she, she's not able. She needs, if you need help, you need to ask for help and accept mm -hmm. help. Mm -hmm. I think it's a lot of scared and there's a lot of fear in there, fear. and that's one thing that we want to do is when when somebody contacts us for help, is to let them know that yes, the fear is going to be there, but there's enough people to come alongside them when they leave, and to love them and, and help them and encourage them and work with them side by side through their fear and through their problem until they can get, uh, you know, comfortable with the choice of leaving. And not one person, not one person that I've helped leave has ever regretted getting out. They've always been grateful. It's been difficult, yes, it is hard, but no one's ever regretted leaving. They're, they look back and they can say, I'm glad I finally did it. Yeah. Does your mother still have children at home? Yeah, she's still got a few. Tell her to give me a call sometime. I'd love to just go out and have lunch with her and just talk. <laughs> Being a good member of the polygamy group, of any polygamy group, has certain requirements and personal sacrifices. We kind of talked a little bit about that. If the leaders handed out a list of requirements, and they just handed it to you, a list of requirements on how to be a good member of our group, what would be on that list? Um, for a woman or a man? Either. For huh. a woman, let's talk woman. Um, They're abused the most. Keep yourself covered. Um, we, we don't do like the FLDS prairie dresses stuff. Right. Do you f follow the one above you? There is a chain of command. Uh huh. You need to do what you're, if you're not married, you need to do what your dad says. And if you are married, you need to do what your husband says. And your husband needs to do what his dad says. And his dad needs to do what the leader says. And it's a, a proper chain of command. Uh huh. And you basically, like, if they have a request from you, you you do it, whether it be obscene or not. The prophet or the leader is God in, on earth. He tells you what to do. He, his words are straight from God. Uh -huh. So you okay. need to do anything that they say. Basically, yeah. basically be submissive and don't have a brain and just... Just follow blindly. Just, yeah. And, and, and if they tell you to do something, that, now this is what they said when I was there, that if they tell you to do something wrong, you do it anyway. You'll be blessed for doing what's wrong. And if it is wrong, then they have to answer for that, not you. Of course, that's not true. We're all responsible for our own <laughs> actions. But that's what we were taught. Is that kind of the way they were taught? Uh, yeah, but mostly you just had to obey. You just didn't question. You just did it. Yeah. Okay. All right, we have some more calls off the air. Question, do polygamy groups ever bring in women from outside for wives? That happens. Mm -hmm. um, for my community, it was women from other polygamous groups, probably because they're already weak. Brainwashed. <laughs> yeah. 
they already believe it. They don't have to convince them. Mm -hmm. Okay, we have on line one, it looks like Al from Salt Lake. Hello, Al? Yes. Uh -huh. You're on the air. What's your question? Uh, hi, Doris. Uh, this is Al. I'm not a Mormon or a polygamist, but I just did not know if you can answer this question, but I want to thank you for what you do. I praise God for it. But uh, I just wanted to know why Mormons, you know, present-day Mormons, put polygamy down so much when they're the ones that, you know, restarted it. You ever thought about that? Oh, we think about it all the time. We talk about it on the show all the time. Um, and what is interesting is that um, one of the church historians uh, named Turley recently, in the past couple of years, stated the Mormon church still believes in polygamy. They just don't practice it. So, uh, and they do believe that it's going to happen in the other life, but they've just decided that uh, they put it on the back burner for now. It's against the law, and politi politically it's not a good thing for them to do right now. Uh, but they deal, do still believe in the doctrine, and it's still in the Doctrine and Covenants 132, uh, which oh. is the polygamy doctrine. But most of them are appalled by it. They really are, rightly so. I know that I'm surprised why when they were so into it. Because you know, they, they can't deny polygamy because if they did, they'd have to deny Joseph Smith. And they can't do that because that he's their foundation. Okay, I understand. And does your, is, is your guest a Christian or does she go to church anywhere? Or I'm just... Wondering, you know, if she's got um, a good Bible-believing church, or I believe in a God. I don't believe in organized religion. I just I believe in God, and I kind of look at him as my imaginary friend that's always there. So that's okay. what I believe. We'll just tell her to look in John. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for calling. Appreciate your call. Okay. God bless. You too. Good night. Bye bye. Okay, line two. We have Cassie calling from Salt Lake City. Hello, Cassie. Hello. Yes, you're on the air. Okay. Cool. Um. I was wondering if the series Big Love made an impact on polygamy, um, and if that's uh, fictional or real based on what's going on. Um, with the Big Love. Oh yeah, I watched all of it. <laughs> um, <laughs> with Bill Paxton. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, I don't know if it's actually like really made an impact because it's a fault. Like they kind of base it on fiction. Um, what I noticed being in the community that I'm in, that and knowing a bunch of other kids and grown-ups <laughs> from other communities, then they found a lot of stories that are pretty legit that you can see the resemblance in the show, but obviously they're going to want to twist it and make it more believable and more, and all into one. So it's just a bunch of stories. Also, from I was wondering about the, the um, temple scene. With, uh, I'm not sure of her name, um, the actress, but I remember um, the Mormon church getting upset about that scene where she's in the temple. Um. The first Going wife? Going through the veil kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't. I, I got baptized in kind of a lake water, so I wasn't. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> the polygamy groups don't use the Mormon temple, and I think that's yeah. probably one reason. And, and of course, they keep their, their ceremony uh, out of, you know, out of the bounds of, of any video. So, yeah, they, they were a little bit upset that that happened. Okay, well, thank you so much for answering my questions. You're welcome. Thanks for calling. You're awesome. Thank you so much for being on air. Good night. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, we have Leanne calling from Clinton. Hello, Leanne. Yes. You're on the air. What's your question? Um, yes, I was wondering if um, 
the young girl that's on there talking now, if anybody was ever prosecuted for any of the things that happened to her or other members of her family, I mean, she, she hasn't really got into great detail, but, you know, starting at three years old and being, you know, forced to eat and beat and, you know, I'm sure the, the torture and, and beatings and whatever else you can imagine went on for, for years. Has anybody ever been prosecuted or in trouble? And, and, and to continue on, how come, after all this time, it still goes on? Why isn't somebody doing something about it? Why isn't the um, Attorney General in that office involved in, in ending this type of activity? Because it's obviously still going on. And, and she has, you know, live accounts. She, she is a, a first account eyewitness to what is going on, yet nothing seems to get done. I don't understand. That's a very good question. Do you want to tell him who your father is and how he has been prosecuted for some of his abuse? Uh, my father is John Daniel Kingston. He has been prosecuted for child abuse, and he has been in prison. I think it was either three or five years, but it's been a while. And he got a little bit better after, and he, he learned what families he could beat up and ones that he couldn't. And the ones that he can still beat up, he's, I'm sure he's still doing it. And it... He got out of jail, I don't know why, or prison, actually, I don't know how he got out, but he's got people on the inside, and the, prosec the prosecution um, suing process that's going on right now between him and one of his daughters is kind of at a standstill right now, because I don't, I don't know exactly why, but I'm feeling like probably because he's got people on the inside of the law. Uh, one of the questions... Well, up in Colorado City. No, not Colorado City. No, the, the, the Kingship group is not part of the Colorado City group. We're a totally separate group. Another area. Uh-huh, yeah. There's several different polygamy groups in the Intermountain West, and the FLDS is just one of the groups, the Warren Jeffs groups. The Kingston group is another one. It's one of the oldest. Probably the FLDS is the oldest one. But, uh, and the All Red group, those are the three oldest groups and probably the three most powerful groups. But there's a lot of uh, polygamy groups and FLDS. Are they all interrelated somehow, or are they all separate as They're all far separate as groups. bloodlines and families? They're all separate groups. They're interrelated only in the respect that sometimes there is some inter intermarriage between members of the groups, but then they would leave the one group and, and join the other. And they have the same founder, which is Joseph Smith. Uh, and then through John Taylor, President John Taylor, uh, is when the polygamy groups actually split off and started the fundamentalist groups. And we'll be talking about that in a future show. Okay. Well, I just remember driving over through Colorado City years ago, about nine years ago with my daughter. We happened to, um, upon Colorado City there. And it was actually like driving through the twilight zone. There was trucks following us around with their tinted windshields, you know, so we couldn't see who they were. But mm -hmm. I felt like I was in some kind of weird movie or something. They're the God Squad. The, uh, yeah, so the God Squad. <laughs> they, are all those towns similar to that vibe? Because it was really a strange... Well, you know, the, the, the FLDS have their own communities, and some of the All Red Group have communities, and there's uh, there's a few places in the Kingston Group where they have uh, their, their separated communities, but for the most part, you were raised in, in Salt Lake? Um, Woods Cross, but Woods Cross. We, we're kind of, we're everywhere. Yeah, yeah, we're everywhere. Watch but we out. just know not to talk to you guys. <laughs> oh, it would be like a, a normal community then. 
Well, it, it could be your neighbor. Could, could be, be your neighbor. Could be a, the guy across the street, you know. I mean, okay. the, the Kingstons are all over the place. And so were some of the All Reds and the others. Well, I just, I just don't understand how something like this can continue on. And well, you need to write, you need to write your politicians, and you need to write the Attorney General's office because we've been asking that question for years. Everyone's afraid of hurting their family. Yeah. Thank you for your call. You betcha. Uh huh. Thank you. Bye bye. Bye. Okay. Very quickly, we have a call uh, from Montana. Is that his name? I thought that was where it's from, but I guess it's from Riverton. Hello, Montana. Yes. Uh, you're on the air. Do you have a question? Hello? Do you have a question? Yes. I was wondering um, what's kind of the hardest part of adapting to a different sort of life, you know, other than some sort of polygamy? Um, are you asking what was the hardest part for me adapting into mainstream society? Yeah. Okay. Um, it was... I think not feeling weird when people showed affection and just ma having choices, just even random, regular, everyday choices. I never really made decisions. And mm -hmm. just knowing and feeling that everything could, everything could be a lie. So you got to question everything. Your, your whole life had been a lie. Yeah. So I, don't, I felt lost, I guess. But... Now, what what could people do, like, when they meet you as friends and stuff? Because, you know, I'm about your age, you know, to make it better, to be more understanding. Um, I don't know. Um, I don't normally bring, when I meet people, I don't normally say, oh, I'm a plague kid or whatever. <laughs> I try and avoid that. I'm, I'm just a, I try to be as normal as I can. Just, I don't know. <laughs> Just don't hassle me with questions, I guess. I'm, I'm not saying you're doing that now, but that's what my friends did at first when I told them. Okay. Well, that's easy enough. Yeah. Thank just, you. yeah. Thank you. Well, we're on our last um, few seconds before we close the show. So is there anything in particular that you would like to say, maybe 30 seconds, uh, to our viewers, somebody maybe who wants to leave and, and they're afraid to? Do you have something very quickly you'd like to say? There is help out there and there's help all around. You're not alone. I've been through a lot. I'm sure you've been through a lot. I'm sure you feel like there's no way out. There is. There are so many people to help you. And it, it, there is no, you don't have to find your place in the order. There is not always a place. You need to make your own path yeah. and be your own person. You are human. You're not a robot. Right. So and be you. Have, you have value in you and of yourself. Well, thank you, Colleen. I, uh, Colleen, I appreciate your coming very much. And, and I know our viewers enjoyed it, too. Folks, this is serious stuff. This polygamy is not sister wives. Uh, you know, the Institute for Religious Research said this about secretive religions. Quote, they said they hide things, they keep things secret, and they threaten people to shut up. What kind of religion does these things? They can't do this forever. People find out the truth always. 
And that's what this show is all about, to reveal the secrets that polygamy groups have threatened people to shut up about for so many long and dark and silent years. You know, I was raised in the polygamy group, just like Colleen was, and I was taught a pack of lies, lies about God, lies about Jesus, lies about Joseph Smith, and lies about polygamy, lies about salvation, and lies about heaven. What kind of a religion does do these things? The kind that has things to hide, yet they all speak and pray in Jesus' name. Why don't they do as he did? He didn't do anything in secret. If you're threatened to be silent about anything in your religion, it's a sure thing it's not from Jesus because he didn't do anything in secret. But if you choose to remain blinded and deceived, or if you're someone who holds power over people or you have power over lots of their money to spend, remember that God is watching and he will receive an accounting from everyone who lied about him to other people, about his heaven and about his salvation and about polygamy. We all have choices and we can accept God's grace through Jesus Christ, which means rejecting all works for eternal life, including rejecting polygamy, rejecting your own religious agenda or face the living God in judgment. And facing God in judgment is certain doom. It's your choice. You make that choice. We plead with you to choose His grace and His mercy through Jesus Christ because there really is no other way. Thank you. Good night. This has been the audio podcast edition of Polygamy, What Love Is This? This program is a production of A Shield and Refuge Ministry and Main Street Church of Brigham City. You can view current and past video episodes as well as download audio episodes of this program at whatloveisthis.tv. If you or someone you know is in need of assistance in leaving a polygamous situation, please contact us. We are here to help. All of our contact information can be found at shieldandrefuge.org or call us at 877-425-9993. If you have any questions or comments about this or any of our other programs, we'd love to hear from you. Write us at email at whatloveisthis.tv. Thanks for listening, and we hope you'll join us again.